This is London Calling. You are listening to Thought and Leaders. Hello, 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 and welcome to another global podcast that is Thought and Leaders. As you know, I scour this beautiful, magnificent, elegant world to find the most inspirational, the most intriguing leaders out there. And this week, it's an exception, and I'll tell you why. Because this week, we haven't got one, but we've got two inspirational people. And the first one that we've got is a lovely lady called Beverly Brooks. Hello, Beverly. Hello there. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us here on Port and Leaders. It's very kind of you. Now, you run an organization which is a very specialist type of recruitment company. It's called the Recruitment Junction. It connects candidates with convictions in their past to employers with purpose in their future. Do you want to explain a little bit more about how that works? Yes, so uh, we operate as a classic recruitment agency in in most senses, matching candidates to job vacancies. We don't operate on a a for-profit basis. We're a charity. Um, and everybody that we are placing has a prior criminal conviction. So that might be very minor and historic. It might be something much more significant or series of repeat offences before the person has got to that point in their life uh, where we will pick up with them, where they have made changes, they've moved away from the past, they're looking for work, they're work ready, and just really needing that opportunity for a door opened into paid employment. But it must be very difficult now we're post-COVID where a lot of people were made redundant. Yeah, some were put on furlough and then made redundant. So there's a lot of competition for jobs. It must be very challenging. Well, you know, Jonathan, I think in any any recession, and I've been through several in in my business career as a recruiter, both commercially and non-profit, there's, there's always jobs out there. There's always movement in the workplace. There are some industries that are a bit more recession proof, I think, uh, whilst not wanting to be glib as to, you know, the difficulty that a lot of people have found themselves in. There is still work out there. We're not looking for a charity case. I'm not looking to punt rubbish people into below par jobs. I have got good quality lads who are hardworking, who are resilient, who are resourceful and just need that opportunity to work. So I very much believe that they compete on merit and perform on merit and on par, if not better than, their non-previously criminally convicted counterpart. Uh, The difference is just needing that opportunity and needing that foot through the door. So that's why we exist. You know, this is not a bleeding heart operation to, to try and, you know, beg for charity. These are good workers that just need an opportunity to get out there and get back at it. So when you approach an HR department, you must go in with a particular angle, do you, or, or what? I think crudely, the fact we don't charge them a fee <laughs> is a bit of a win. It goes down to that, does it? Okay. For some employers, they're advertising, they've got a vacancy, there's an agency charging a fee who I would venture don't always know their candidates as in-depth and, and warts and all as we will do. Yeah. Or often won't be supporting them for the six months posting work support that we offer. But anyway, so there's no fee to the employer. That helps, certainly. 
again, I would I would promote the man or the woman on merit. They've got a particular skill set that matches a particular employer's need. So there's a severe shortage of good, skilled, qualified employees. And so they can either be sniffy about somebody's past or they can look at somebody's potential for the future. And in most cases, the employer will take the pragmatic view. I think also, so the opposite of cynical, I think that there is a lot of goodwill in society to understand that people make mistakes and that people deserve a second chance. Absolutely. And with uh, CSR, uh, corporate social responsibility, that is absolutely key. You also help people with their CV, putting that together, don't you? A lot of the time, they, they, they will fall down for the lack of a good CV or a CV which has, hasn't given due credit to the jobs and trades that they've picked up, maybe in the jail, the qualifications they've gained in the jail, and then other bits and pieces of work that they've maybe done, you know, casual work, seasonal work, work that they think isn't, isn't worthy of putting on a CV, which is not true because, the, you know, an employer is interested in, in everything that has a practical outworking. We will revamp just about every CV that we come across, represent the person to their best advantage. So that's a, a big part of what we do. The other part, I think, is helping the person to tell their story, to explain that, well, yes, I do need to be honest and say that there is you know, I've got this on my record. This is what was going on at the time. This is what has changed since. This is why I'm confident that's not a mistake ever. I would have repeated. Uh, and this is what I can bring to the party now. Yeah. That's the sort of work that we're doing in prepping people to, to get back into the employment market. When people around the world are going to be listening to this, you're going to be inundated with people asking you to rewrite their CVs. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Specialist speakers make your next event fascinating, authentic, entertaining, insightful, refreshingly honest, totally compelling. Contact specialistspeakers.com. Next, I spoke to one of the people that Beverly helped actually get back into the world of work. Armed with this CV that Beverly helped you compose you did something that i used to do years and years ago which is you literally went from one place to the other with the cv and left it with them how did that work i think once you got to the reception it, it's worked pretty well because um if there wasn't a manager available you could always pass it to the receptionist to forward it on to the manager etc there was an occasion where i had to do that there was no manager available and I passed it on to just a work colleague and I was in the area again the next day so I thought I'd call back to see the manager if he was available on the next day and yeah he, he got me CV which were really nice of the employee to, to pass it on for me. Beverly was explaining the importance of the story. Now are you okay to discuss your own story in terms of what led to the conviction? I, I was convicted of um, causing death by dangerous driving. It was a really tough time in my life when it happened. Well, it's still now. It's, it's something that will never leave me. I did get a big custodial sentence. I went to prison. I had a little period of time on bail prior to going. You know, I had to really think about what my life's going to be like in prison and how I'm going to be able to change my whole look on life, respect myself and others and the things that I was doing wrong prior to going to prison. 
Yeah, and I went to prison, knuckled down. I wanted to change. I wanted to come out with more than that I went in with. And I worked hard. There's been um, that I've watched with horror on the BBC uh, in the United Kingdom, which is, of all things, about a guy who was convicted of reckless driving. He killed someone because of it. I've spoken to people who are involved with the prison service, and they've told me that that programme was pretty accurate. It is pretty tough in there. Yeah. I've not watched the programme myself, personally, but it can be tough in there. It's not easy. You know, you, you see things that are disturbing. I wouldn't say it's easily avoidable because you can be picked on for being different and wanting to change and wanting to get more. You could be, you know, penalised as being, say, I don't know, just say, for instance, a screwboy, just because you're polite to an officer that's just doing his duty, his job. So other lads could look at, uh, look at you in a different way for that. It's a, it's a, tough, it's a tough world in there. Yeah. I've got to ask you a straight question. Is it as violent as people tell me it is in there? There's a lot of, you know, groups of different individuals that want to be, you know, the big I am. Um, they want to say they own the place, which obviously we both know they don't. Yeah, there's a lot of that goes on in there. So how do you protect yourself? Because these guys can kick off at any moment, can't they? And then, of course, you've got stuff like Spice, which is a drug which can also, well, it will, not can, it will exacerbate things, won't it? It's a really highly addictive substance, whatever it is. Uh, it's something I've never seen or touched or wanted to go anywhere near personally. Yeah. You know, it does probably get people doing things really nasty to, to get the fix they need. Is the prison still run by the guards or by these guys who are the big I am? Who runs the prisons? There is a lot of groups that can intimidate and can bully people. If the person that's getting bullied is scared to let the guards know, then it can look like it's run by inmates. Personally, you know, I steer away from a lot of that. You can keep yourself to yourself. You get bullies and you can stand up to a bully and just let him know that you won't be bullied. It depends how strong you are as a person. The ones that are probably not as strong find it much more difficult. They don't know where to turn. There's repercussions if you grasp someone up, I guess. If I was getting bullied, you know, I'd have to be asked to be moved locations away from the, the bullies. This all depends on the person themselves. It depends how strong you are. At the most extreme, you could get moved to the section with sex offenders where you will be left alone. But of course, then you've got yourself a label that you're a sex offender, even though you're not, but you're only doing it just to be left alone. Back in there, they call it the numbers. Some, some people get bullied and they don't know where to turn. They will go on to protection. It's called protection wings. So they'll be transferred onto there. Uh, many lads, sometimes they get moved on to different locations. If the heavier lads in there know people on the location, it can follow you. Sometimes some prisoners only have the option to go onto the numbers, which is the protection wings, just for their own safety. If it's that bad, sometimes the officers will choose to put you on there for your own safety, to keep you safe. It's called safeguarding. Wow. The good news is that you were able to leave the regular prison 
and you were able to go to the open prison. Was this before COVID or during COVID or, or what? I'm there before COVID. COVID. How did it affect prison life? You had less visitors. Yeah, I mean, when you're in open conditions, you get privileged to be able to go home and have town visits to visit family. Um, you get the, you obviously, you can yeah. go for interviews for jobs and get yourself full-time employment. Myself, I was in full-time employment and I was going home yeah. for day releases as well as home leaves. I'd only just started my home leaves. I think I was five months into my home leaves. Um, then COVID hit. And it really had a big impact on everybody within the prison because you couldn't have visitors coming in. So we didn't see our families. We couldn't go to work because the prison went into full isolation, lockdown. And when you come from closed conditions and you've worked hard to get to an open establishment and that happens, it kind of throws you back to being in closed conditions. Yeah. Yeah, it has a ripple effect on not just yourselves, but your families too that are used to seeing you regular, your children are used to seeing you regular. It really had a big impact when COVID came. In the establishment, it seemed to go on for longer because when changes happened out here, we was actually four to six weeks behind any changes in there. Exactly. Were there a lot of people who went down with COVID? or? I, I did hear of a few staff members getting it and I did hear of a few uh, inmates getting it. During the COVID, while COVID was going on, the establishment that I was in drafted in some isolation pods mm-hmm. So if anybody come down with any symptoms or anything like that, they'd be drafted into these isolation pods until they were tested negative. And in the peak of the first wave, people couldn't interact with each other. You know, we was basically told not to leave our rooms, um, single file for lunch because our canteen area was in a different location. We had to walk to it. Um, I don't know if you know about what happened in Iceland, but in Iceland, there are no cells as such. It looks a bit more like a hotel sort of thing. And they say that if you treat prisoners with respect and you encourage them through training to get a future and stuff like that, which is exactly what Beverly's organization does, you get a much better result. Or what happens is that people go inside. If they come out, they come out even worse. What's your view on what works? I think it's all down to the individual. If the individual wants to change his life to be a better person he will do there's a lot in there that it's it screws and us it's them and us screws and us yeah yeah to me that's a that's a very very sad way of looking at things because you know it's not us and them they're doing a job they've got families they've got mortgages they've got they're doing a job they didn't put you there they didn't ask they didn't want to lock your door they have put you there and said i'm going to lock your door and things like that yeah it's okay getting respect from an officer because I've seen in many occasions where an officer's tried to show an inmate respect. But if that individual doesn't want to accept that respect from an officer, then he's not going to. Yeah. If you're going to accept the respect from an officer, you could form a good relationship and they will support you. But then you've got you've got a lot of officers there that don't give you respect and they talk to you like you're, you're nothing because of you're a prisoner. But then you've got prisoners not wanting that respect. So it's a bit of both. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will be listening to this saying, if you do wrong, you've got to serve the time and you've got to be punished. This idea that someone can come out a better person 
it's okay, you know, for podcasts, but in reality, it's not true. What do you say to people like that? I'd like to just say it can work, and I'm proof that it can work. I spent a little while in there, and I wanted to change my life. It can change you, and it's all down to the individual. If the individual wants that change and works hard for the change, change will happen for you. Inside or whether you're outside, it's us who can change ourselves. We can lean on help, and it's great to have help. But ultimately, if I'm not for myself, who will be? So in other words, ultimately, it's down to us to get on with it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I can remember the saying when I first ever went there, and I read it on a notice board, and it was on a post, and success starts with you. Yeah, um, and it's so true. If you want to succeed, and if you want to change, you will. If you don't, then you won't. Exactly. Is prison who, in your opinion shouldn't be there maybe they got mental health issues or stuff like that i mean these poor guys well they can't change really because unfortunately they've got themselves into a position that they just go round and round and round in the same circle is prison the right place to put people like that especially somebody with mental health being in prison it just makes their health worse because you're not looking at cell and you're left to dwell and you're left to think and you're left to have these thoughts and whatever triggers their illness and I think there should be a bit more support for those people because that's when it becomes self-harming and things like that because the mental health becomes yeah. that bad. And, you know, sometimes it can be in a single cell where you've got nobody to talk to and all you've got is your mind that's playing tricks with you. Um, so I mm. think there, could, there should be a bit more support for the lads that have got mental health issues. And are there, are there a lot of them in prison? Yeah, they, I, I'd say there is quite a few people that have got mental health problems. Mm. And I think by chucking them in a cell is probably not the answer because it just makes them worse. So in your case, you decided, screw this, I'm going to actually get myself better. I'm going to take whatever courses, workshops they have here and at least give it a shot. You gave it a shot and you ended up with Beverly Brooks's organization. She helped you get back into the world of work. If there was a message that you would give to people who feel that whether they're inside or whether they're outside, they feel that they're going nowhere and they might as well just give up now. What's the message you would say to them? Um, keep searching. You know, you will find a path through. I'd say I was lucky that I found the recruitment junction because it's such a good organisation. But at the same time, I put the work in to find the recruitment junction. Uh, but once I found it, you know... Everything changed dramatically. I had a CV, wasn't doing me no justice. I was finding it difficult. I'm not a CV writer, so it wasn't doing me any justice on these uh, job sites. Once I got with the recruitment junction, Beverly kindly revamped my CV. And, uh-huh. you know, from there, I, I was inundated with job opportunities. And and it seems that people took interest in me then. Yeah. Just keep pushing for it. And hopefully you'll come across an organisation like I did myself. Yeah. And it will support you. Now, an important message from our friends, The Jordan Legacy. This year, there has been a 40% increase in the number of adults thinking about harming themselves or feeling suicidal. Somewhere in the world, one person dies by suicide every 40 seconds. 75% of these will be men. During the past 12 months, 200 school children took their own lives. 
Most suicides are preventable. Will you support our mission to make deaths by suicide rare events? Discover more. Visit thejordanlegacy.com. If I was a prospective employer, why would I want to employ you when I could employ somebody else who's been on the outside? Obviously, they'll know about my convictions and stuff like that, and it's not anything I'd like to try and hide. I'd always want to be open and, and honest with them. Uh, but I don't want really to interview like, well, I'm, I'm an ex-convict, you might not want to employ me. Yeah. I just go into an interview and just explain a bit about me, how I am as a person, what I can offer the company. And I kind of put that aside of my past. As much as it's, it's something they need to know about and it's something I would not like to not go into a job hiding that you know i want to be open with my employer and i want to be honest and and things like that but i go in there with confidence and i go in there because i've i've, I've achieved a lot and i go in there with confidence say no i'm ready now and, and you know this is me and this is what i can do for your company and etc and, and and i know i go in there with with my head held high and that's the message to to any other inmate that's been in, inside and they've come out and they think it's going to be difficult to get employment and stuff like that go there with confidence Fantastic. It is interesting, isn't it, Beverly, that a lot of people, whether they're inside, outside, become prisoners of their own past. We all become prisoners of the past. I don't think the past should define you. I'm not hiding the past. I'm not excusing the past, but I'm not my past. This is what I'm offering you in the here and now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he is unique. I think exactly. He yeah went into the jail having made some some significant mistakes but already with an inner resource I think you know you didn't have the mental health issues that a lot of the lads face you know you can read and write as stupid as that sounds it's a massive difficulty you had your family you had a relationship you had a relationship you sustained and came back out to in a home yeah those are all huge things that the majority of the prisoners don't have and so the ones who are more vulnerable when they go in are often again more vulnerable when they come out yeah and i'm going to wrap this up by telling employers that if you need to get hold of really good people look up the recruitment junction and you'll be able to speak to beverly also beyond that a lot of people don't have family they don't have the support of the family they don't have the support of good friends good mates but you know what we are all one family and irrespective of color, class, whatever it might be, if we can't reach out and at least give someone a chance, then biggest question is, why should anybody ever give you a chance? There are people who you can't help, but those who are like, and there are lots of, if we don't give them that chance, then I'm afraid the reflection is back on us, not on them. Thank you. Until next time, this is Jonathan Devine on Fortin Leader. Thank you, Jonathan. Get up and start again. Get up and start again. Thought and Leaders is a goodbye production. It is heard around the world, but we can't continue broadcasting without your support. 
If you are interested in sponsoring the show or are looking for award-winning content, including strategy and coaching, please DM us or email reinventatme.com. That's reinventatme.com. You lost it all. I think you lost your mind. All the words came out wrong. It happens all the time. Now you're in the gutter looking up at the stars, but they're so far. They're so far. Get up.